Hi there. I'm Josh Heath. I'm one of your hosts for Werewolf the Podcast. I am also the uh, Chief Operations Officer of Hilo Games. Today, we're going to be reviewing Axis Mundi. But before we do that, I'd like our co-host to introduce herself. Howdy, folks. I'm Becca, your co-host here at Werewolf the Podcast and a member of the Cold Brew crew over at Twin Cities by Night. Awesome. So this book is a book that was produced in 1996, and I'm not going to read all the authors because pretty much every single author that ever wrote for Werewolf the Apocalypse wrote something for this. Everybody from um, Bill Bridges to James Moore, T.O.N., and more. Just assume if they were a writer for White Wolf, they wrote for this book. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense given, like, I think it's chapter three and chapter four of the book, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. this, um, this is an interesting book. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. There's good things and bad things about it, and we will tell you more, I think. Agreed. So <laughs> agreed. So many words and feelings about this book. <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for it. <laughs> I hope so, too. So, Becca, tell us a little bit about what Axis Mundi sub subheading the Book of Spirits is about. Axis Mundi gives you, it's supposed to be the go-to book for spirits, is what I picked up when I was reading through it. Kind of gives you an idea of how Guru view spirits, a little bit of how spirits work, and then the it has a lot of different examples of different kinds of spirits within it, which really helps out a lot if you're trying to come up with ideas and plot hooks and just using it as a source material book. It's really good for that. Mm -hmm. That I think that really encapsulates what the book's about really well. It, it literally is a book of spirits. It's also, in some ways, the most annoying and frustrating book for me because it's one of those books that decides to rewrite the Garu cosmology creation story again through the story that kind of the book is told through at times. Um, let me go on this rant. I'm going to do one of my rants now. I have a couple of rants prepared for this episode. Um, one of the problems with the way Garu is written is that it's this pan-human shamanism concept that all Garu ultimately represent the underlying spiritual essence that's true throughout human cultures, which I think on some level is bull. And I have a lot of problems with it because it's based in colonialism. It's based in Michael Harner shamanism and core shamanism, which is literally a theft of animistic religious practices from people all around the world. It's a theft of the world shamanism, of uh, the world shaman to begin with, which is a Tengik Turkic word, specifically only for like one small group of people that has been applied to every culture that has animistic religious practices that may involve spiritual healing or spirits or the living entities of things within the world, which is problematic. So I know that that's a core element of werewolf. I know that it's there, but it 
annoys me when it's presented the way it is. And this book just digs into that. And with respect to the people that created it, I don't like it, but that's just my take on it. So one issue that I have with, with that kind of shamanism thing is that um, animism is something that is found within most human cultures, pre monotheistic religions. And it, explained that way as kind of primal animal animal animism not animalism that's a discipline from vampire but primal animism would be something i would be more comfortable with if people use that word more frequently uh, because it's general it's not designed to be a specific word for one specific culture um but shamanism is here and the issues that i have with that uh, are present within this book well, and it's good that you have the knowledge behind it to actually make the distinctions. So I honestly, I grew up in a Christian household. I have no real concepts besides what I'm already reading in the book. And I just think that that's the way that it is, at least within obviously werewolf, but to take in those little bits where it's a little bit, you know, there's more to it. I appreciate that you actually know the difference. Mm. It helps a lot. Yeah, I I respect that. And I think what's good is this is it's as deep as it needs to be for most players. And I respect the heck out of that. But I also know that some of these writers have gone on to be really like very well read now. And I think they probably look back at this book and realize some of the missteps they made. So it's it's good for what it is. It is a great book of spirits for werewolf recognize that there's some cultural baggage if you're dealing with anybody that's as uh, obsessive about it as I am. What what were your overall thoughts of the book? We kind of like hinted at this, but what uh, what was your main takeaway? My main takeaway is, oh gosh. So my hope for the book was that I'd get a really good understanding of what spirits are what they want, what they desire, how they function within guru society and their own society. And it just fell flat of that expectation. Um, my reality it, from what I'm seeing is that there, there's lots of story hooks in this and they've provided a lot of ideas that help keep, should help keep the umbra feeling rich, but it's just really lacking that purpose of spirits, what do they want? What do they need? And what do they desire? If if I can't envision that, especially with such a hard thing to grasp, like spirits, then I can't run it well. And that's what I found the most disappointing about this book because I really, really wanted that, and I just I could not. I could kind of see that they were trying to get there, but they just weren't addressing the specific subject that I wanted to read. Yeah, yeah, I. They try really hard and in they, it seems like they kind of go in lots of different directions. And with 50 authors on a book, that's probably part of why it feels like they just went everywhere trying to explain this thing. And it's like, I just give me something a little bit more directive, which I think they get there in Book of the Weaver and some other books like that down the road. But mm. in this book, it's it's weird. They do talk about things like, Shimanage, which is the exchange between spirits and the Garu. Oh, what? That's how you pronounce that word? <laughs> I'm guessing. Actually, I have no oh, okay. idea. 
That's just always been my pronunciation. It might be gotcha. Kimmage. It's one of those CH words. It could be totally. anything. <laughs> I know. That's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm sure there will be people that will leave us comments about how it's actually pronounced. And that's okay. hey, totally I'm good with fine. That. <laughs> right. Um, but I like some of the ideas there, mm -hmm. but they never really like they go back and forth on this idea. Okay. Um, I'm going to go off on another slight rant. In Please do. Other werewolf books, they talk about werewolves teaching werewolves gifts, and at times that's yes. okay, and at other times it's not okay. That's fine. There's some cultural baggage there. Right. And here they say specifically werewolves sh shouldn't and can't, but can teach other Garu gifts. I, so I got the... I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember reading that and being surprised mm -hmm. because my understanding is that Garou totally can teach other Garou gifts. One, it takes a lot longer to do it. And two, it kind of pisses off the spirits when they do. So they kind of put that taboo on there. So yeah, I understand the what's going on with this. Yeah, it's, it, it's worded weird and it's not not in character so you can't really excuse it as being like unreliable narrator but what's weird is about 80 percent of this book is written in the unreliable narrator but you can't really tell when it is and when it isn't mm -hmm. so back and forth on that maybe is where some of the issues are but then um it doesn't really like later on in one of the later books they talk about spirits merging with a werewolf to impart the powers of the gift to them like that's yes part of the thing that happens but they don't say that in this book they instead talk about like the different activities that a werewolf has to do to get the gift like they have to go on different quests and things like that and i get mm -hmm. that that's part of the like the storyline the background fluff of werewolf but again like the mechanics of how they impart the gift aren't described in a way that's effective Right. Now, there's several points within the book where they mention, hey, if you want more information, go see this book. And, you know, this book's still kind of early on within the werewolf series. So I understand if there was something that they did later, but it's just so frustrated to not have them more like this feels like a book that should have probably happened later, maybe, or just, I, yeah, I don't really know what to say to that. Yeah. I, I I feel like it's a book that they knew they needed, which I think they did. They needed this book mm -hmm. in Oh, yes. But they didn't really know what it was going to do. And that's the problem. Like, they had the Umbra book already. Mm -hmm. They had the Book of the Worm already. But they didn't have a wild book. So maybe that's sort of what they were going for. Or like a tribal spirits book. Okay. But again, like if that's what they're going for, it they fall they they fail. <laughs> I won't say they fail badly. Like it just it falls apart because not all of the connective tissue is really. It's not all. Yeah. So and and speaking of this, because I had a huge long conversation with my husband about this, at least an hour. Oh, it was great. So within the book, they talk about all these different things that you can do to appease certain spirits in order to get gifts from them, but um. Right of summoning. Just like all these things that you can do to help make the spirit happy. But I mean, I only pulled it up in the 20th anniversary, um, anniversary edition. I'm pretty sure it's in at least second. Just, okay, I'm going to summon a spirit 
And depending on how well you roll, they come in, they're happy and they want to, they want to help you out. So it's like, wow, all this fluff that you've made and, you know, all this world building has kind of been made irrelevant because you boiled it down to a system thing. Now, something like in Exalted where it's, you, if I were a player and I went, oh, I want to summon, um, this is the, uh, I say I want to summon an, a gremlin spirit. I don't know why you would want to, but sure, that's but the one that maybe. comes to mind. Um you can use the stuff that they've stated in the book to kind of help stunt it, but there's not really a system for that in werewolf. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you're right. <laughs> and we talked about this last episode and it's interesting. Like they have all this cool fluff in werewolf and then they like, are like, here's a right that undoes all of the, all of that world building we just did. So poof. Like, mm -hmm. let's just ignore it. It's And it's so hard. It's so hard. Because, like, you do need to have a system. But at the same time, like, you shouldn't be... We, I don't want to ignore everything that's in there. And it, it's frustrating to... to um, what's the word? I'm, to meld those two things together. Yeah. It's frustrating to have to do it as the storyteller... Mm -hmm. and then it's going to be different from table to table. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, um, now that we've said <laughs> all these good things about the book, <laughs> there are things in this book that I think are really interesting. If this was a book that the goal of it was a bunch of story hooks for the Umbra. Oh, yeah. I would have been like, yeah. It definitely, yes. It fits that. Um, mm hmm one thing that I thought was really interesting is, and it happens early on, there's a reference to sp prodigal spirits. And for Changeling the Dreaming fans, Changelings call all supernaturals prodigals. And Changelings also have this idea of named and unnamed spirits. And in this book, there is a reference to unnamed prodigals or spirits that Gaia and the Weaver never named, which I think is really cool because it ties into Changeling and it ties into Exalted and Graceful Wicked Masks and the Fair Folk in, in Exalted because I think that's where they stole some a lot of some of Exalted's ideas for the oh. Lunars and the Changeling. I think they literally came to this book and were like, we're going to take ideas and drop them into Exalted, which is cool. But that's a little Easter eggy thing, which I think is cool. And if it was like designed as a story hook and maybe like a, like a story within this, it would have been a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think like as a spirit book, it made me kind of go, why, why is this here? Like um, Chimera, sorry, I'm going to go off on another rant. Yeah, go for it. All of the tribal um, spirits, all the tribal um, word um, in Karna, are, rep are presented mm -hmm. in the book. Um, and Chimera is presented as a fey dream spirit. Yeah, that's right. And all of the spirits that serve Chimera are basically dream spirits. They're basically changeling, um, oh dang, true fey. That's not the word I wanna look, I wanna use, but they're basically beings of the, um, of the dreaming kind of made manifest, which okay. is, a Again, that's cool 
but it feels very weird to have it tied in to be presented in a werewolf way. And I don't feel like I have enough to do anything with it. I read that section um, because, yeah, gosh. And I was a little bit confused by it. I was like, okay, this is great. This is here. I, I'm not understanding what they were trying to do with it and what they were trying to pull. I went, okay, cool. And moved on to find something that was more interesting to me and made a little bit more sense. Um, that is something that I do personally have a problem with when it comes to reading werewolf is like, you can tell that they're trying to go for something, but you don't always know what, but I always have a hard time picking up that they're trying to go for something. Cause I can't get enough of the contextual clues to put everything together. So yeah. I think that's fair. Like there's a, they drop a lot of breadcrumbs that don't lead anywhere throughout the, these early books. And I think, they get better about that in the future, but, but yeah, you can't breadcrumb if there's no bread house to get to. I don't know what my, I need context. <laughs> right. <laughs> so question for you then, based on what you said, was there a spirit or maybe one of the incarna that you were like, I think they are more interesting. I'm going to spend more time reading them. Did you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, so quickly reading through all of them, like the ones that really stood out to me was Pegasus, mm. Unicorn. Mm -hmm. There was, um, and, and probably Grandfather Thunder. Um, just because, specifically with Grandfather Thunder, and I know how much you love the Shadow Lords, so I figured you'd appreciate this. Okay. Um, it, just the, the, hey, here's kind of this upper level that you could do with grandfather thunder, but for people who don't really understand, there's like this whole other layer down below. And they spelled that out a little better with that, um, with that spirit specifically. So it made it easier for me to grasp on that and be like, okay, this could be interesting to pull into a campaign and uh, sorry, a story in general and work with that a little bit more. Um, the, Unicorn, the other one that stood out to me was the black unicorn. And I thought that it was interesting that they made such a distinction. You have your, your unicorn and then black unicorn, but I'm kind of blanking a little bit on the specific details. Um, it just, it stood out to me. Yeah. So the cool thing about black unicorn and this, they pull this in, in later books is that black unicorn is the, the violent manifestation of unicorn. Okay. In that unicorn, the incarna was like, I want to be about peace. So I'm just going to split off this kind of aggressive bad side of myself. <laughs> and it's evil, no, evil Kirk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, the, you, I imagine Black Unicorn must have a goatee because that's how you know they're from the yes. universe. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Love it. Yeah, I, I like Black Unicorn because of the kind of themes that you get to do with the uh, the Children of Gaia with mm -hmm. that. But but I also kind of feel like that's a... It goes into trope territory, but I think in, a, in an okay way. Sometimes you need tropes. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> oh. so by mentioning Grandfather Thunder, though, you did bring me to another mini rant. So, oh, yes, let's do this. Here's one of the other problems I have with this book is that several spirits are 
replicated throughout the book in various places. One in particular, or two in particular, are Raven and Crow. And it seems like Raven and Crow serve every dang Karna from A to freaking Z. And it's like, okay, <laughs> sure, there are ravens and crows throughout the world, and I guess they could like they have different cultural stories and so forth and so on. But did you just run out of interesting ideas, or did you just not edit this to make sure that not every freaking Incarna had a crow or a raven as its servant? Mm-hmm. Gosh, and to I mean, is it just flat? Every they all have raven slash crow, and there's not really much distinction between them. Not every one of them, but I think six out of oh them. Yeah, yeah, um, and they are slightly different in places. And one of them is like this specific type of crow versus that specific type of crow. But oh, I was gosh. like, come on, guys! Like creativity here. We need something a little bit different. Yeah, especially with how many, I mean, there's so many different kinds of birds that you can pull from. It doesn't have to just be crows or ravens. But that being said, I would totally hit the nail, the head on the nail on that one and just lean into it and be like, and don't explain it to my players at all. And just be like, oh, here's, here's a crow spirit. And, you know, they're trying to interact with it, be friendly. Interaction goes good. Here's another crow spirit. And then they try to react the same way and it goes terribly because they don't understand the difference between I'm like, and, and it could be good for pointing out that the subtleties between different spirits. So, I mean, that's something. I like that. You have just turned me around on the idea. So I'm okay with, with that framing. I think that could be a really interesting story hook. I want to talk about duck for a second, which is going to sound like a total non sequitur, but we're talking about birds. So, duck. Duck is presented as a spirit of love and undying devotion. Whoever wrote duck has never spent time around ducks and has certainly never read anything about how horrible ducks are to one another. <laughs> oh. I'm going to leave it at that, but if you want to Google ducks and their mating rituals, go right ahead. You will not thank me. You will be hurt. <laughs> deeply for the rest of your life by this knowledge but all i can say is the person that wrote it i don't think they know anything about ducks okay yeah i didn't read super close into duck so but now after this i'm totally gonna go do that and do i have homework now more homework i love it yeah the, the, uh, the whole goal of this podcast is to give other people homework um i'm <laughs> sure people will be very excited to read this book just to read about duck yes <laughs> i mean yeah, there's a lot of good reasons to read this book, but, you know, duck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So I have a couple of other notes here, but I want to talk about two, only two more of them. The first, real quick, is that there are a couple of examples of ancestor spirits. I think there are four yeah. or five ancestor spirits presented later on in the book. What were your thoughts about the ancestor spirits? I appreciated a little bit more definition on them. My thoughts going into it based off of reading other books and talking about ancestor uh, tribal homelands. Reading sections on that gives you somewhat of an idea, but not really with the, with the denizens of the, that area. Having the examples and being saying 
giving that template to make your own going forward and having important NPCs like that, it was really good for that. I liked that definition and knowing, knowing, just knowing them a bit better. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I was a little confused why there weren't uh, at least one for every tribe. Yes, I did. I did think that as well. It was a little bit odd to only have so few. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, maybe they just did the tribe book. So maybe they, they ran out of ideas or maybe they said, mm -hmm. we don't have the page count for this. It's already a 162 page book. So maybe, but it still felt weird. Like I would have probably wanted to spend more time, more word count on ancestor spirits if they were going to present them. Yeah. Well, and using them as a way to exemplify, again, kind of hone in what each tribe finds heroic and important within, and just kind of be like, here's your stereotypical guru mm -hmm. for this tribe. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the idea. Here's where it falls down. There are silent strider ancestor spirits in this book. And why you know is what? that a problem, Becca? <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, because silent striders cannot communicate with their ancestor spirits. They're completely blocked off from their tribal homeland. Yeah. Yeah. And there are two, not just one, there are two silent strider ancestor spirits and not a single mention that, oh, they're weird because the silent striders have access to these ancestor spirits. And I was like, what? what is going on here? No one linked these things up in the meta plot. No one was like, hey, silent striders don't have access to these two. Maybe we should make them children of Gaia ancestor spirits or something. Oh my goodness. I did. So I noticed there was one. I didn't realize there was two. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to A plus, A plus work right there. Yeah. <laughs> when you have so many cooks in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. and, you, and you don't have a and I think the developer for these books is really good generally but if if this book didn't have a heavy-handed developer on it I understand why and it seems like that's probably the case and I empathize I empathize wholeheartedly with that um, but it does make the book a little bit difficult to utilize with that as a problem now Real quick, is this one of the first books where they've had so many different writers within it? This is the most amount of writers I've seen for any White Wolf book ever. Um, okay. Well, okay, I say that, and um, <laughs> now I'm remembering the 20th anniversary book. So in the 20th anniversary books, it becomes a little bit more common to have a lot more writers because they're like, hey... I need an expert on the setites to write mm -hmm. about them, or I need an expert on this part of werewolf, um, the apocalypse, please write about that. That sort of makes sense because you're collating tons of information. You need mm -hmm. to split it up into a bunch of different people to make it work. So that's, that happens there. I don't quite understand why it happened in this book. My best guess is somebody had an idea of, especially with how many spirits there were, Hey, everybody come up with a spirit and then it just quite didn't quite mesh together very well. Yeah. That would be my best guess. I, I think it's a good guess. And I, having written books like that myself, I get it. So I don't want any, uh, any writers that may have worked on this book to feel like I'm criticizing you without empathizing. 
Trust me, I get it. Um, but from from a player storyteller perspective, mm-hmm. you've got to recognize that there's there's going to be some some weirdness happening when you pick up this book as well. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I know we're being so hard on this, but I feel like I'm being really hard, but it's because I like, I had such hopes and dreams and it's like, Oh, I'm just so frustrated. I didn't quite get what I was looking for, but overall, I mean, I was thinking about it this lot over the last week. I'm like, you know what? I'd give this book a solid seven or eight out of 10, just because it might not be what I originally wanted, but it does provide so much. Yeah. Story possibilities. Yeah. It's, I'd, I'd give it a six out of 10, but a six out of 10, I think for this book is really well-deserved. Like it's a solid book. It mm-hmm. just doesn't do what it sell, set out to do. Like, as we said before, if this was a book of story hooks, I'd be all in for this because this ties into every, um, it doesn't tie into vampire, but it ties into pretty much every other line. It ties into changeling and mage really well. It ties into Wraith in a couple of places. So, okay. like, there's ways you can, like, pull this that are really cool, but it's not a good... It doesn't tell me about the, the werewolf relationship with spirits, the Garrow relationship with spirits, mm-hmm. but I think it, it, it should have done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, since we've talked about stories so much and getting ideas, do you have any story ideas while you're reading through this book? So one of the things that I really liked was the lunar spirits. I think this section was actually. Oh yeah. um, It was so well done. There's cool story hooks here where I'm just like, Oh, what's going on with Luna? Because there, this is things that I could have my players um, dive into. And actually um, a long while back, I ran a, um, a changing breeds game and the point of the game or like the in the instigating action was luna herself called out to all of the changing breeds to one hero of each of the um of the various pharah and said look you need to stop your crap and get it together and work with one another and i'm going to give you my blessing to create a single pack to go out and fix the problems between the Garu Nation and all the other Pharaoh. And my plan was to use a lot of these spirits in that story as like ways of like showing that Luna is constantly there. She's regularly checking in on you. She's got all of these like different spiritual relationships that touch the world and touch different places in the world. So that's for me, like that's the sort of story hook that I would dive into is like use the cultural elements of these spirits and find ways to kind of either localize them or find ways that they can be expressed throughout the world if you're doing a, a game where the players are traveling from place to place. That's my ramble on that's, what story hook. No, but I love I love that. That's not something that I've ever really thought about. Like, okay, we're going to bring in all the changing breeds because it gives, especially if you've been playing werewolf for a long time, it gives you that opportunity to have a good reason to play a different changing breed. So that's, I, I really like that conceptually. For a more focused sept or cairn specifically, um, I had an idea and I can't remember. There's something in, I think, chapter one that kind of sp- gave me this idea. But 
the idea of having an elder surge who is either intentionally withholding information or stories or forgetting important details and it's causing some of the spirits to become upset to the point that they're threatening to leave if something's not done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the spirit, for whatever reason, it could be based off of the type of spirit that it is, but the spirit refuses to outright state what the issue is, and it's left to the pack to figure out what the what the issue actually is and to reveal the truth. So it, it kind of gives you that, hey, it's important to respect the spirit and what they want um, but it's you also have to reconcile that with okay well you have this elder who you are also supposed to respect and how do you reconcile the two mm. so like that I liked that idea because it it puts it in a different light that I haven't been able to play with with my p- players or play as a player myself so I'd love to see that as a story sometime yeah yeah that sounds like it would be a great story as we've been talking though i've been scrolling back through the book and i came across the um the uktena spirits and here's where again i'm just going to go on a slight rant i'm sorry (laughs) Um, the being that this tribe is supposedly connected to the actual legends are about a cougar creature and have nothing to do with snakes or serpents or dragons and yet all of the all of the beings servants are dragons there's an oriental dragon and feathered serpents and sea serpents mm-hmm. i'm like why sea serpents in what world um <laughs> anyway sorry for that rant um <laughs> but i guess what you could do is if you wanted to do a uh, a water-based campaign. Say you wanted to use Blood Dim Time, Blood Dimmed Tides, which is actually a good book, and I will fight anyone that says otherwise. Um, you could have Sea Serpent be a pack totem that gives a group of werewolves the ability to breathe underwater, and then they have to go down into the depths and find uh, an ancient Rokea that has information that only like a thousands of year old Rokea could have and they have to go uncover it from them. And there I have redeemed Sea Serpent for at least <laughs> a moment. Yeah. You know, sometimes it just takes that a different framing of a spirit or a part of the book to make you appreciate it in a new light. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we're saying here um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's actually good stuff here if mm-hmm. you don't read the book as a whole. It's, yeah, I I would probably agree with that. Um, base, oh gosh, I hate to say this just because it's like, oh, you're missing out on some stuff, but it's probably not that important anyways. <laughs> oh, I hate yeah. saying that. I'm sorry. Uh, but chapter, basically start at chapter three. Yeah. And go go from there. You don't really yeah. need the first two chapters. You're totally right. I wish I really wish I could say no, like the story is really good. The story, like introductory story that kind of feeds into chapter one is all right. Mm-hmm. But it stays in character too long. And I'm just like, no, I need you need to give me 
this in the storyteller voice for a little bit because this no mm -hmm. like this is just confusing and not in a good way not in like an entertaining way yeah and yeah. gosh that that introductory story just real quick um I did appreciate how they kind of like as you're reading through the book, maybe it was during one of the spirits section, but they kind of um, explained that story a little bit more when they're talking about psychedelic. That's mm -hmm. right. Psychedelic spirits. Um, I, I didn't realize that in that beginning story that that's what the kid probably did. And that's why um, basically he's going up to the mountain with his grandfather and or uncle his uncle, yeah. His uncle. Or uncle, because he may or may not actually be his uncle. uncle. Right, right. And and they smoke smoke something. I'm forgetting what specifically. And they don't they, tell you mushrooms and some other things. Yeah. Um, and they he pops into the umbra and like the very next thing that happens is a whole bunch of prey animals start eating him. And it's like, what? What even is this? So as I was reading that, I was completely confused by that. But then to get to that part of the book and go, oh, so I'm glad they at least explained it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and for people that have read, I'm going to go off on a tangent, but it's related. <laughs> um, for people that have read Gods and Monsters, which is a Mage 20th anniversary edition book. Actually, this book is great for Mage people. Mage people should go out and buy this book. Um, <laughs> Gods and Monsters ties in owl which owl is a negative spirit in most native american myth themes it's a portent mm -hmm. of uh, of ill luck and there are lots of reasons for that um but if you tie in the twice born from this from the beginning story which is the idea of mice being eaten and then regurgitated or pooped out and um, then rising from the grave out of the feces of the uh, the um, owl, there's some interesting connections there. You could actually tie in some interesting uber themes into this idea of owl shards and things like that from Gods and Monsters. Um, for those of you that have no idea what I'm talking about... Um, Included. <laughs> it, it, it could be an interesting link. Um, all I'm saying is that, like, from a mage perspective, there's actually a lot to tie into in this book. From a werewolf perspective, there's take this book and read like little chunks of it to get story hook ideas and mm -hmm. then put it down and forget about it for two weeks and then come back and pick up and read a different page. Yeah, I can see that. Or um, like what I would do going forward if I were to plan a new campaign is sit down and pick maybe five to 10 spirits and those are going to be the most important spirits for that story and just kind of focus on them. And cause I, there's, I mean, there's spirits for literally everything. So just, just focus and make the ones that you do choose to incorporate meaningful. Yeah. I think that um, would be a good way of using it. And there is a really good list of uh, spirit powers that are in this book. From here. Oh, yeah looking like hey i just want to know how to maybe build a spirit you can do that here with all the new charms to use the right term um so that's there but honestly what? there are better books that are fresher that do yeah this yeah because this is a first edition book still correct or are we in second ed at this point we're in second edition but it's 
Okay. I don't know when they started development on this because it feels like maybe parts of it happened earlier than, I don't know. It's gotcha. definitely second edition territory, but very early second edition still. Gotcha. Because re reading through those powers, I went, this doesn't, based off of what I remember building spirits, my own, the powers sound really cool, but this, like, system-wise, I don't think it matched up with um, the most recent, like, 20th anniversary. Yeah. Obviously, it's, but... Yeah, it's definitely, uh, if you want to make anything in 20th anniversary edition, you don't, you don't get this book for making the creatures. There are better books for it, including Gods and Monsters, which is a mage book, but there's a reason that I'm referencing mage in this a lot. <laughs> and just that I think this, I know why they suggest it early on in this book for mage storytellers to have this because it almost ties in better to mage than it does to Gotcha. War. Yeah. Now I'm interested in getting the, you said gods and monsters, gods and monsters, but okay. to be fair, I wrote on gods and monsters. So <laughs> please take that with a grain of salt and don't be like, I need to go out and get this because I'm biased. <laughs> Hey, at least you admit it. I have. I, I could work with that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> okay. So we already gave our overall ratings. We sort of gave some story hooks. Um, can we say one nice thing about this book? I mean, yes, totally. Uh, I know we kind of, it definitely feels we've been more on the negative side of this but again, I think it just comes down to our passion of there's there's a lot that you can work with with this book, but it's just it wasn't quite that full step we needed. Gosh, I, yeah, no, I think we've we've been pretty fairly positive about this book. <laughs> <laughs> the spirits are really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, being able to have a whole bunch of different ideas and feel that if I had this book in the main book, I would lack. I would never lack for story ideas. Yeah. I, I actually think that's true. A storyteller can get a lot of mileage out of this book, which is if you, if you, if you want a book that can give you some story ideas and cause you just don't have one, this would be a great one to borrow from a friend. Yeah. But I am not going to tell anyone to go out and buy this because the 20th anniversary edition book is going to have all the things you, would want from the first couple of chapters here and the later chapters, most of the mechanics are going to be different. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a good book for what it is, but it's outdated and you don't need it. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, we enjoy you guys joining us and listening to us passionately rant about werewolf. We, we really love you guys. Definitely. If, um, if folks want to reach out to us, you can uh, find us on Twitter. Um, the podcast is at podcast werewolf. You can go to our website, which is podcast podcastwerewolf.com. No, it's werewolfthepodcast.com. One of these <laughs> days I'm going to remember our website. Um, and you can email me um, and eventually Becca, I promise I will get Becca set okay. up email at some point. But Josh at podcast or Josh at podcast the were werewolfthepodcast.com. You can just email me. I don't know, wherever. <laughs> I'm sure we'll link it down below too, just so you guys have it. <laughs> We're gonna have to at this point. Um, Becca, if oh. people wanted to find you on social media, how how could they do so? Oh, so I'm very active on the Discord server Twin Cities by night, so you can find me there. But you can also find me 
on Twitter at 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 Epic Botch. Fantastic. I almost want to add dot com to that, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just heard me butcher lots of dot coms <laughs> for no good reason, so might have something to do with that. Um, <laughs> if people wanted to buy Access Mundi, um, you can go to the Storyteller's Vault and purchase it from there. It is a fairly decent price for a PDF. Um, that said, you can also find a friend that owns it and borrow it from them. Um, yeah, but not a PDF. Go and buy the PDFs. Pirating PDFs is bad, people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we have anything else to say. Am I wrong, Becca? You're not. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we will see you guys in the next one.